Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. So uh, tonight is our last of the open hearts uh, lessons. Some of you are like, thank you because I'm squeamish. Um, But I showed you a little bit longer video tonight um, to demonstrate something. Um, What those guys did was pretty dangerous, wasn't it? I mean, they took somebody's heart out and they replaced it with a machine. Um, If I was the person being operated on, I'd be very nervous. If I was the doctor, I would be very nervous. These guys did something that we would probably consider to be dangerous. I think we'd all agree um, that it it took a lot of risk. And he said, well, we did it on animals, but we decided to try on a human. (laughs) How would you like to be the first one? Yeah, well, doctor, is it safe? Well, I don't know. It's worked on a couple cows before. Yeah, not wouldn't be real reassuring, would it? Um, but they did something that was dangerous. Tonight, we're going to talk about dangerous things. How many of you, by nature, you just, you like to do dangerous things? You can, you can, you can be honest about that. Like, you like to drive cars that will maybe a little faster than you should. And, you know, if, if you're on a four-wheeler, chances are you'll roll it a couple times in your life. You know, like, yeah. how many of you are the opposite of that? You're kind of cautious by nature. You're like, I think I'll just watch you do that. <laughs> you know, and and that's, that's okay. You know, some of us are more adventurous. Some of us are more, um, are more cautious. Uh, but what God has called us to do in one area of our life, he's called us to be dangerous. Um, he's called us to be dangerous. We've been doing this open heart series, and we've been doing different measures of like our spiritual health. Um, because you know, we've kind of gotten off. We asked, what are God's vital signs? When God, you know, when God is trying to gauge how healthy we are spiritually, where does he, what does he go to? And what should we go to? You know, if you go to the ER, they're going to take your pulse, your blood pressure. Um, they're going to check your, you know, your, your, your eyes. They're going to see, you know, all, all these different things. They're going to see if you seem altered. Um, I've been watching ER a lot lately, so I know all these things that they look for. But, um, yeah. But what, what, are, what are signs of spiritual, spiritual health? We've talked about three of them so far. Love God. God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So we should love God. We talked about what does it mean to love God. The next week, we talked about loving one another. Jesus said, a new commandment I have for you, love one another as I have loved you. Uh, so we're supposed to love the people that are in our church family, and that's not necessarily easy, is it? And then we're supposed to have a heart for our neighbor. We're supposed to love our neighbor. We talked about that last week. Had two great opportunities, by the way, and I just want to like collectively shake your hand because you guys did awesome when we had the Huntington High football team come on Thursday. Um, a bunch of you guys showed up to serve them and to play trash can with them and get your arms ripped off by football players. Um, it was a lot of fun. And then we, we, we went out on hot pursuit on Monday and picked some people up um, that haven't been, you know, that, that have, we hadn't seen at church for a week or something like that. So thank you guys. Keep doing it. But remember when we started the series, we talked about the verse in the Bible that says that our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. So when we see those pretty little white girl posts on Instagram that say, follow your heart, we know that's really bad advice. Because God doesn't say, follow your heart. He says, guard your heart. So all of these things that we're supposed to love God, one, love one another, love your neighbor, they don't come naturally. And you don't just kind of like stumble your way into it. You have to purposefully live on purpose. And that's what we're going to end the series by tonight. All these things that we're supposed to do are a part of following Jesus. Loving in the three ways that he said to love, to love him, to love each other, and to love a lost and dying world. That's what Jesus has called you to do. So now the question is up to you. Will you follow Jesus? 
Um, will you follow Jesus? Um, following Jesus in certain areas of your life can be dangerous. And we're going to talk about those dangerous areas of your life. So if, if you're a risk taker, you're going to just jump right on this. If you're not a risk taker, um, this is going to push you and this is going to challenge you a little bit, but it's going to bring you closer to living a life that's pleasing to God. So let's, let's just jump in. Matthew chapter 10. Um, if you remember, some of you that are, that are hardcore note takers, we ended at the end of chapter 9 last week. And Jesus asked his disciples to pray. And he says, pray, because remember he saw the crowd, his, remember the whole bowels moved with compassion thing, you remember that? Yeah, he was moved with compassion for these lost and dying people. He turns to his disciples and he says, pray that God sends somebody to reach these people. And then out of, his, out of the next breath, Jesus is like, I was kind of joking, wasn't really joking, because when I told you to pray, the answer to your prayers is that I'm sending you. Um, so Jesus says, pray that God sends somebody. Oh, and by the way, you're some of the people that I'm going to send. And in Matthew chapter 10, he sends his disciples out to reach people. You've heard about, maybe you've heard, you know, Pastor and um, Pastor Tim like to preach on the Great Commission a lot at, in, in big church, but this is what I call the First Commission in Matthew chapter 10. So let's just, let's just read the first uh, eight verses, and then we'll jump in. It says, Jesus called the 12, his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out every impure spirit and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, Biscariot, Judas Iscariot, not Biscariot, a Biscariot is what you get at Bojangles, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12, Jesus set out uh, with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Rather, go to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received and freely you give. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to respond to his call to love him, to love one another, and to love your neighbor? Um, from this chapter, we're going to look at three, I've got F words again tonight, guys. Um, we're going to look at three F words of what it means to follow Jesus. We're going to go to the first one. Following Jesus means you're formed by Jesus. Look at what Jesus says in verse 1. He says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out every spirit and every disease, every impure spirit and every uh, disease. So the first thing you see, Jesus says, hey, I want you, 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 and you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of y'all have like a traumatic experience where you were picked last during like PE or something? They had the teams divide up. Like, does this give some of you like flashbacks? Like, they have the teams divide up, and they pick, and they pick, I'll take you, I'll take you, and then it's just, you're left with you, and you're standing there like, oh, this is so awkward. <laughs> yeah. um, there were times where I was the last one called. Um, there were times where I wasn't the last one called, and I still felt incredibly awkward for the person who the last one, because you don't even have to be chosen. No, you don't even get chosen. You just go, person just goes like this, because you're the last one. They're like, well, I guess we'll have to take you. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to carry, you know, we'll have to carry your sorry rear end on the basketball court for 30 minutes, you know, like, so, but you know how that is, right? Well, Jesus, he's calling his disciples to him. He calls 12. And if you look at the 12, these are not exactly the all-star team. These are not exactly people who have the best brains. Uh, they're not the people who have the most prestigious positions. 
you look at the first three, you got Simon, who's Peter, Andrew, and James, and John. Their occupation was being fishermen. They smelled like fish guts. You know what fish guts smell like? It's not a very pleasant experience. Um, so we're talking about not, not super, not guys that were considered to be smart. Um, you've got Matthew, who was a tax collector, who was considered to be like excluded from society. And you've even got Judas, who it turns out he betrayed Jesus. So Jesus didn't assemble what we would be consider, what we would consider an all-star team. But what does he do with this like kind of team of misfits? He says, I want you guys to go like drive out demons and heal people. And they're like, oh, God, maybe you should, you should have chosen like the super religious Pharisees or, you know, you should have you know, chosen somebody with a metal, uh, like a, a medical degree or something. And Jesus is like, no, I want you guys. But what does he do? It says he gives them authority. He says that he gave them authority to drive out all disease and all sickness. So when you think, well, Matt, you know, following Jesus, you know, doing that you love God, love one another, love your neighbor, that's good for people like you, Matt, because you're a pastor. Um, but I'm a seventh grade student who nobody listens to, and I always feel alone in every one of my classes, and I actually do get picked last in PE class. What does it say here? It says that first Jesus called them, and then he gave them authority. So no matter how old you are, no matter how many skills you have, if Jesus calls you to do something, and by the way, he calls each of us who are disciples of Jesus, each of us who are, who are Christians, to, to do those three things, love God, we'll love one another, and, and, and love your neighbor. If he called you to do that, you know what he's also given you? He's given you the authority. He's given you the power to do that. And it's not your power, it's his power. Um, once you start stepping out and doing things for God and following Jesus, you're going to find yourself doing things that you never thought you could do. You're also going to find yourself doing things that you screwed up before. I wasn't ready for that slide yet, Drew, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. You're going to find yourself doing some really incredible things. So don't, just because, just because you aren't the first one picked on a team in PE does not mean Jesus doesn't want to do big things through your life. Please don't forget that. Please don't forget that. So we're being formed by Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus, you've got to say, you know what, I'm going to let Jesus push me out of my comfort zone a little bit. I'm going to let him make me do things that are awkward for me, like talking to people at church, and I just kind of like to sit in my little corner here, but Jesus said, love one another, so I'm going to do that, and guess what happens? When you step out on faith, you find, wow, I can actually do this because I have the authority of God in my life. Um, the next F word, if we're going to follow Jesus, it means that we are financed by Jesus. And, and, and this does not mean that Jesus is going to give you all the money you ever want. Um, there are some really, you know, kind of, I would say, messed up people who preach this. They call it the health and wealth gospel, that if, you know, if you just believe in Jesus, you know, he's going to give you all the stuff you ever want. And you're never going to get sick, and you just have to have enough faith. That's not what this is saying. But when Jesus, he, he says, okay, you guys come here. I'm going to draft you, and I'm going to draft you, I'm going to draft you. Okay, you're my team. Now I want you to go Heal people and drive out demons. He gives them a good, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're on a football team, you know when the coach puts you in, he gives you a good smack on the rear end, right? He says, get in the game. So Jesus is saying, okay, guys, get in the game. And he says, oh, wait, before you leave, because Jesus wasn't just sending them down the road. He was sending them to other cities. He was sending them on a road trip. Any of y'all ever been on a road trip? How many of you have a parent who, when, you ha when you're going somewhere, you're going on vacation or something, they are like the packing Nazis, 
Like, I mean, they've got like backup underwear for their backup underwear, and they've got it packed for you. You know, and, and, and everything is packed, and they've got like, you know, taking like half, half your house in the back of your car, and some poor kid is sitting in the back seat with all these, like, all this luggage around. I mean, obviously, doesn't matter if you get in a wreck. Don't even put your seatbelt on because you've got all this luggage wedging you in the car. Um, that's what it's like when we take Addison camping with us in my truck. Anyway, um, so what we like to pack things. We're not going to go on a trip without a phone charger, right? No way. You know what Jesus says? The, the, the advice he gives to his disciples, at face value, it's terrible advice. I mean, it really is. Like, if somebody told me to do this and it wasn't Jesus, and it wasn't Jesus, I would say, that's terrible advice. Look what Jesus says in verse 9. He says, don't take any gold or silver or copper with you in your belts. Don't take any money. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals. Man, they're going to have some B.O. going on, aren't they? Um, For the worker is worth his keep. Wherever you enter a town or a village, search for some worthy person and stay at their house until you live. Don't make hotel reservations. Crash at some random person's house. Um, This is like everything your mom told you not to do when you're growing up, right? Um, And it says, as you enter the home, give them your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on them. If not, let your peace return to you. Anyone who does not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town. Shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it'll be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Jesus says, don't, don't plan ahead. Don't take extra money with you. Don't worry about if you're going to be able to afford to live in the town I'm sending you to work in. Just trust the fact that I sent you to, uh, I sent you to that town. So he says, Yo, money doesn't matter because I'm Jesus. I'm God. I can give you what you need. I've got what you need. Um, People say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. People say, you know, make sure you're, you know, you know, don't trust one person. Trust a, very, a bunch of people in case the one person lets you down. What Jesus is saying is, trust me. Put all your eggs in one basket. Put all your eggs in my basket. Um, then he goes on and he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Oh, thanks, Jesus. You're sending me with no money, no extra clothes, to a bunch of mean people who are going to rip me up and tear me apart. Like if you're a sheep and you're, you're going, and if you were one sheep and you're in a pack of wolves, how's that going to turn out for you? It's going to turn out like those animals at Cabell Midland, right, Carson? Dead. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, it's a little inside tag joke. But um, it's not good to be a sheep among wolves, especially if you don't have any money to buy a bodyguard, right? And you don't have any clothes to make you a wolf costume. Um, so Jesus is saying you're going to be surrounded by people who won't necessarily be kind to you. So he says this, therefore be shrewd as serpent and innocent as doves. Be on your guard. Shrewd as serpents. Think about serpent. What's the first thing you think of when you think of serpent? The first thing I think of is Genesis 3. Serpent is meant to represent evil, right? The serpent is who tempted Adam and Eve and plunged the world into into sin, right? Um, So he says to be shrewd as snakes. Snakes were thought of as being very cunning. What Jesus is saying is we, if we're going to live for Jesus and we're supposed to be reaching people, we got to know what's going on around us. We got to know what's going on in the world. We need to be in the world. How are we going to reach the world if we're not in the world? How are we going to reach people that are lost if we're not among those who are lost, if we're not sheep among wolves? He says, you need to be smart. Do you know what's so cool is there are ways to reach teenagers that nobody's thought of yet. There are ways to do youth group that nobody's thought of yet. And I think you guys are the ones that are going to come up with the the way that we can reach the next generation of people. Because you guys know what's up. 
You guys know what works. You guys know what you're going through. So go do it. Stop trying to rely on an old guy to reach your people. Um, He's saying be smart. Um, There was this Harvard study that came out that said one common denominator among people who changed the world was that they devoted time to understand the social and technological changes that came to define their era. So they, they understood that, hey, you know, even those you know, people use Snapchat for a lot of like wrong things sometimes and a lot of raunchy things sometimes, maybe I could use it to reach people for the gospel. They understood what was going on. Um, then it says be innocent as doves. You can have all the best plans and you can have all of the best, like, we're going to have this big party and we're going to reach a bunch of people, but if your heart is not right with God and your heart is not in it and you don't believe in God and you're just doing what you think is going to work, it's not going to work. We need to rely on Jesus. We need to rely on Jesus. And then he goes on to say, um, on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them. But when they arrest you, ooh, man, this is really getting bad. I got no money. I got no money. I got no clean clothes. I'm a sheep among wolves, and now I'm going to jail. And I'm going to have to stand before a king. But he says, when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it about that time. Um, it will be given to you what to say for. It won't be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So God gives this promise. Listen, I know this is a big ask, and I know this sounds dangerous, but it's really the safest thing you could ever do because I've got your back and I've got your front. And as it says in Psalms, I've got you hemmed in. I'll give you the words when you need words. I'll give you the money when you need money. I'll give you protection when you, you need protection. If you just follow me. The final thing, the final F word if we're going to follow Jesus. Following Jesus means being focused on Jesus. It means being focused on Jesus. Jesus has some, he says some pretty strong stuff here. Um, he, he promises the disciples what they're going to come in contact with and some of the oppression they're going to face. He says, brother will betray brother to death. And a father, his child, a children will rebel against their parents. You'll be hated by everyone because of me. Have you ever been hated on because you followed Jesus? Have you ever felt the the looks that people give you when you say, well, I believe this. You'll be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. That means delivered from the period of persecution during the tribulation. We'll talk about that in our prophecy series. We're going to be starting here in two weeks. Um, When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Um, Verse 24 says, the servant is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It's enough for students to be like their teachers and servants to be like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? What Jesus is saying is, hey, listen, a lot of people are hating on me. That's what Jesus is saying. I, Jesus, a lot of people are hating on me, so if you're following me, what do you think people are going to do to you sometimes? They may hate on you sometimes. And then Jesus says, if people called me Satan, (laughs) what do you think might happen if you follow me? You may get called some names too. Um, It's all sounding very dark and it's all sounding very dangerous, isn't it? You ready for the happy part? (laughs) You ready for the good part? The positive, encouraging K-love part, right? (laughs) Because we need that, right? We really do need that. It's pretty dark right now. You know, you you, you have no money. You're not naked, but you don't have any clean clothes. You know, you're in danger. You're arrested. Um, People are hating on you. Keep reading here. 
What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim through the roots. Do not be afraid of them who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. Are two sparrows not sold for a penny? Yet one of them will fall to the ground outside your, not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. This phrase is repeated three times. Because Jesus realizes what a dangerous calling he's calling us to. He says in verse uh, 26, don't be afraid. Verse 27, or 28, don't be afraid. And then verse 31, don't be afraid. He says, aren't sparrows sold for like two pennies? Back then, sparrows were what the poorest of the poor people could buy for a sin offering sacrifice at the Jewish temple. Like the super rich people, they'd walk in with their lambs to sacrifice and they'd be, you know, real like, you know, high and mighty and proud about, look, I've got a lamb. And you'd have this guy bringing in a sparrow to sacrifice all he could afford. Um, but Jesus is saying, your sacrifice, even though you feel like your life is no big deal and it's small, I know exactly what you're doing. He says, if I watch a sparrow as it falls to the ground, don't you think I am well aware of what's going on in your life? Don't you think I understand when you're frustrated because you're trying to do the love one another thing and somebody is being a total, I don't know, <laughs> not enough strong words in the Christian vocabulary, you know, but somebody is, somebody is just doing you wrong and they're your brother or they're your sister in Christ and you're trying to do the right thing but you're just getting so frustrated with him. Jesus says, I see what you're doing. I see what you're going through. I see how hard it is. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He ends by saying this. You are worth more than many sparrows. Jesus sees you. You think what, and I, I, I hope you know I'm very proud of you guys because you guys do, you got, you guys do this stuff. And I know you struggle sometimes when you do this stuff. I am very proud of you. Don't think I don't notice, but don't think God doesn't notice your heart when it's in the right place. Don't think God doesn't know, notice your heart that's in the right place. So Jesus ends by saying this. He says, if any man will come after me, he must deny himself. He must take up his cross and follow me. It's in verse 38. He says, whoever does not pick up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Um, we're going to get out here, um, but I want to end by telling you a story. Um, maybe if you've been in church long enough, there's a song that a lot of times people would sing at the end of church, and the song goes like this, I have decided to follow Jesus. Anybody ever heard that song? It goes like, I have decided to follow. That song was written over 150 years ago, and it was written in some very difficult circumstances. 150 years ago, there was this big revival in Wales in England, and all these people left Wales and moved to India to be missionaries. And this one man who moved to India, he went to a very remote part of India, he shared the gospel with an, Ind an Indian man who accepted Christ as his savior. And this Indian man was on fire for God, and he was telling all his family and all his friends about Jesus. And he was, and, and all these people were putting their faith in God and getting saved. And the leaders of the tribe were not happy about it. So they, in the middle of the night, they rounded up his family, they put him up against a wall, and they pointed their bow and arrows at him. And the leader of the community said, you have one chance, sir, to deny your faith in this God, and we'll let you go free. 
They wanted to prove that his faith was so shallow and people just needed to leave it. And with that arrow facing him, he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And after he said that, those men put two arrows in his children and killed them. So then they said, what do you say now, sir? And he said, though none go with me, still I will follow, no turning back. They put an arrow on his wife, and she died. And they said, this is your final chance. If your God didn't save your wife and your children, what makes you think he'll save you? And he said this, he said, the cross behind me, or the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. And they killed him. As soon as he hit the ground, they said that the leader of the tribe got on his knees and started weeping and crying. And he says, any God who can inspire that level of faith in one person must be the true God. He found the missionary that was in the town who shared the gospel with him. He accepted Christ. And that entire village that night put their faith in Christ. Because one man said, I will follow Jesus, no turning back. We don't live in a place where there's religious persecution like there was 150 years ago in India. But I want to ask you the question, will you follow Jesus? Will you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Will you sacrificially love each other? And will you love your neighbor who needs to put their faith in Jesus? That's how we're going to end the series tonight. If you have any questions, if you never put your faith in Christ, I'd love to talk to you afterwards. Um, But we're going to pray, and then we're going to circle up and get out of here. So let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you for your word, and thank you that you call us to something that's dangerous, but that's so fulfilling. Um, God, I pray that we'll open our hearts up to your mission. Um, God, most of us will probably never have to make, um, make a decision like this man and the story that we talked about had to make, but um, God, we make little decisions every day that either honor you or dishonor you and either are in obedience to you or are in disobedience to you. So God, I pray that you'll give us the courage to follow you even when it's hard um, because even though it's hard following you sometimes, it's always worth it. In Jesus' name. Um, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.